Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guest today is from O2 Utah, Communications Director Eli Davis, the website o2utah.org. Thanks for being here today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me here, Mike. So they call it the elevator speech. This is your short speech about who you are, what you do. Maybe tell us that in addition to who started O2 Utah and why. Sure. Um, so here at O2 Utah, um, we are an environmental nonprofit, um, and we're focused on air quality legislation and policy um, along the Wasatch Front. Um, so we do that through uh, elections and policy. Um, so kind of part of our time is as an election shop. So we will um, work with candidates who are running for office um, locally um, at, the muni- at the municipal level and um, at the state level, um, and we provide them election support. So anywhere from canvassing, um, we're out knocking on doors for them. We are um, making phone calls. We're texting, we're sending out mailers, um, and that's kind of has a two-pronged effect for us. So one, um, we are helping people who we think you know will be good on air quality and mm-hmm. the environment get into office and be and become elected officials, and then that also helps us then on the policy side. So through that process of campaigning for them, we kind of build a working relationship and a trust with them. So then um, when we get to that policy side of things and we're running legislation up at the Capitol, mm-hmm. um, they can help us pass some of those bills into law. And a little bit about the history of the organization? When was it started and, yeah. and who started it? Uh, we started back um, towards the tail end of 2019. Um, and our executive director is David Garbett. Um, great guy, great boss. Not <laughs> just saying that because uh, he's listening here. But uh, he... Um, he has a long background as an environmental uh, lawyer. Um, he also um, ran for mayor in Salt Lake City. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, he really just saw a gap in how we are approaching air quality and how we are going about fixing that. And that's when O2U Utah was So a pretty working. new organization. Definitely, yeah. And, and um, yeah, I mean, we're really proud of what we've been able to accomplish in, in such a short Yeah, we'll definitely time. talk about that. I, I looked at your website, and I was telling you before we went on the air, I'm looking at the team pictures and descriptions, and I'm kind of expecting to see guys in suits and women's in, in dresses because it kind of sounds like you're a lobby organization and kind of in what you do but I'm looking at David and he's just standing out somewhere in southern Utah and his his description says occasional mustache haver avid backcountry skier wannabe climber and vegan and everybody just looks like they're outdoor enthusiasts you included um, so it's not what I expected and you said that you may be augmenting that yeah I mean we are uh, probably the furthest thing from a group of lobbyists and uh, you know this might be the most dressed up I've been in some time <laughs> Just, you know, wearing a collar. Um, you know, we are, we're really a great group. Um, there's six of us full time on staff. Um, and, you know, why I am in this position and do what I do is I moved to Utah about seven years ago. I was living in Park City and commuting down to the valley. And there were days it would be sunny mm-hmm. up in Park City, yeah. beautiful day. You come around towards Foothill and there's just a cloud yeah. of smog over the valley. And I was astonished. And, yeah. you know, and I moved to Utah to, to play outside, to right. ski. I've become more connected with the mountains since I've been here, biking and hiking. Um, and, you know, there are days when I don't want to be outside because of our air. Right, right. Uh, you mentioned you have six paid staff, so it's a pretty pretty small organization. So everybody does everything, I would imagine. Uh, how did you personally, you, you mentioned you moved here and, and noticed the smog, but what kind of what's your background and how did you end up in your role? Sure. Um, yeah, so like I said, I've been in Utah for coming up on seven years here. Um, and to be honest, you know, I do not come from a political background at all. And I never thought I would work in politics. But like I said, when I, you 
you know, saw the air quality yeah. issue that we have here in Utah, you know, and, and I think everything that we all do in our personal lives to help the air quality and help the environment is great. Recycling, riding our bikes when we can, all those small steps are great, but really we need to see big change up at the Capitol. Yeah. And when this opportunity, you know, came to be, and it's a kind of a great, great chance to blend my passion outside of the office and, and being outside and be able to put my time in at work to hopefully a solution yeah. is a great chance. So every nonprofit um, needs more money. <laughs> That's true of every single nonprofit. How is O2 Utah funded? Um, you know, we are funded on, at a grassroots level, really. Um, you know, we're lucky enough to be working with some some businesses and some higher level donors that we are obviously very appreciative for. But those grassroots level donors are really what fuels us. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, I could give five or ten dollars. Does that really make a difference? It's a huge difference for an organization like us. Um, and one of our big goals, our uh, development director, Greg, will be happy with this little <laughs> plug here. But we are, you know, we're really trying to get some more sustaining donors. We're calling right. some those monthly donors. So, you know, anyone that's able to contribute five or ten dollars a month or even a couple times a year, that really goes a long way. And what we're able to do in elections, um, you know, it helps pay for mailers. It helps pay for time texting, um, texting voters to, to get out to vote mm. in elections. Um, it helps pay for our time up at the Capitol to see these incremental changes happen. So we know about the inversion in winter. That's probably the biggest air quality issue we have in the state. But what other issues are there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, wintertime inversion um, is the big one. And that is something that we were able to address during this session this year, which I'm sure we'll get to here yeah, in a little yeah. bit. Um, and then, you know, obviously, we just saw um, wildfire smoke coming in from oh, up from north Canada, in, yeah. in Canada. And, you know, there's not a ton we can do there. You know, I certainly don't have the answers there, but that is why it's so important to be able to address the things that we do have control of. And that's stuff like, you know, our pollution and our emissions that's contributing to yeah. the wintertime inversion. I don't completely understand the inversion. I don't know if you do. It's it's a high pressure trapping that air below it. And so all of the pollution doesn't have anywhere to go. Is that basically what it is? Exactly. Yeah. So we get, you know, these high pressure systems when there's no, uh, you know, weather or snow or anything. Luckily, we were able to avoid a lot of it this winter yeah, with how yeah. snowy and, and how frequent we had our storms rolling in. But yeah, it, it essentially just traps all that smog and pollution and, and emissions in the valley underneath the layer. It has a lot to do with, with temperatures of, the, of you know, what's coming in what's right. and, and what's sitting in the valley. And I remember during COVID, I don't know if you lived here during COVID, but that whole situation set itself up, but we didn't have the inversion because everybody was staying home. Yeah, so that that's a big part of what um, of what we're targeting is transportation. Um, so if we can, you know, get into a little bit here, our our big legislative goal is called Prosperity 2030, and that's to um, reduce emissions by 50% across the Wasatch Front by 2030. And um, that's kind of we're looking at three different um, mm. effects there or causes there really. Um, and transportation is a big one, um, along with uh, homes and buildings and point sources, um, big uh, big manufacturer, big polluters in the and valley. I know I talk to people and and a lot of people will say something along the lines of, well, I just drive one car and I just drive to and from work, so I'm not going to make a big difference. You guys should really be going after the big polluters. But how do you convince somebody who's on that transportation level, you know, if we all did it, it would make a difference. But how do you convince that one person that it's worth putting forth an effort? Sure. I mean, in a sense, uh, they are right. You know, we do want to go after yeah, yeah. The, the big polluters yeah. there. Um, but again, individual action is really important here. Um, and again, transportation is, is a huge one there. Um, you know, we are looking at ways to make, um, to get older, dirtier, dirtier vehicles and mm, big, yeah. big diesel trucks off of the road. Um, only uh, 10% of vehicles um, cause about 50% of the pollution oh, okay. um, coming from vehicles. And that's just those older models. So when you go get your emissions tested, it's, it's your, if you have an older car, 
you have a, um, a lower threshold to meet mm. um, for, for to pass that emissions test. Um, but again, you know, individual action is, is really important. Yeah. And we're looking at ways to get um, newer cars and um, EVs, electric vehicles incentivized so more people can be driving cleaner cars. Yeah, just saying, you know, it would be great if everybody would do it is one thing. But if you can actually put some financial incentive behind it, then I think that that really moves the needle. Sure. Yeah. And um, I know um, Denver is looking, um, I think they just adopted a program in Salt Lake is looking at something similar to uh, make um, make e-bikes more affordable too. Um, you know, that's a great way, you know, just if you have a short commute to yeah. anytime you, you know, cannot be burning gas in your cars is a great opportunity to take. Or I would think, you know, continuing the work at home that we all started during COVID is, is a big contributor too. There's, we're finding people can do work from just about anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, telecommuting and, you know, as, as you mentioned during, um, during the pandemic, um, you know, some of those emissions were down from transportation. Yeah. So your big win this year, House Bill 200. Tell us about uh, how went, you've been working on that for pretty much almost as long as the organization's been in existence. Yeah. So I mentioned uh, Prosperity 2030. So that's our overarching legislative goal. Um, and HB 220, uh, we're oh, causing, right? um, uh, it, that's uh, really phase one of prosperity. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a huge win for us. And we went into the legislative session with this big 60 page bill that pretty much covered all of mm, yeah. prosperity. You know, we were hoping we we're, you know, uh, you know, we were hoping we were going to be able to, in one fell swoop, right. achieve everything we wanted. We quickly realized that was not the way to go about it up at the Capitol. Um, so we scaled back and we had HP 220 focus um, mostly on this one gas called bromine, hmm. um, which is considered a halogen gas. Um, and we got pretty lucky with timing. Right as we were introducing the bill, a study came out um, pointing towards U.S. magnesium, which is the largest magnesium producer in the country. Um, they're in Tuila hmm. on the west side of the lake. Um, and the study pretty much said that their bromine emissions um, increase our wintertime inversion by up to 25%. Wow. One company. One company wow. is having this outsized impact yeah. on our inversion. So we had already had bromine um, as part of this 60-page bill of HB 220. So we said, okay, let's focus on bromine. Yeah. If we can get bromine cleaned up, that's a huge win for us. And we were able to do it. Um, you know, it went back and forth through the House and Senate, through all these committees. It passed. It was getting, um, the bill was getting cut down to just the study. We were able to add these provisions back into it that we wanted to see. Um, and so what it does is the Division of Air Quality now has to identify um, all industrial sources of halogen. So that's gases like bromine. Um, and they have to set a limit on those mm. halogens by the end of 2024. Um, and then they set um, a tech-based standard for um, for how bromine can be eliminated. So pretty much they have they go to these companies and they say, here are the tools that you have to use to um, reduce your emissions. Mm -hmm. And then all those emissions limits um, have to be in place by the end of 2026. Um, so, you know, that's not too far away. Yeah. Uh, we're really happy with uh, yeah. that that bill passed. Change with the government is slow and it's gradual. <laughs> it certainly is, yeah. So, so to be able to see, you know, you know, we'll see the effects of this in the next couple of years. That's great. That's a that's a great start. And so I would imagine you're kind of reevaluating the rest of your plan and how you want to go about it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like I said, that was really phase one for us of this big prosperity plan. Um, we're already, you know, obviously working for the 2024 legislative session coming up to go after, you know, some of these transportation issues. Homes and buildings is another uh, really big one. So how we're, um, you know, heating our homes with some of these older appliances, mm -hmm. trying to convert to, to newer, cleaner, um, and clean energy as well. So you said, and you kind of explained it, you, that your focus is on elections and then policy. So helping the right people get elected and then having the policy for those people to put into place. But you also mentioned it's not just at the state level. You are actually supporting municipal candidates. Yep. So we have uh, municipal elections coming up, um, you know, later this summer and into the fall. And, you know, that is a huge way um, to 
to see action, um, you know, really at a, a small local level. Um, we were just um, speaking with one of our endorsed candidates, um, Dan Dugan. He's running for um, Salt Lake City Council in um, District 6, I believe. So that's up on the East Bench, mm-hmm. um, kind of in the Foothill area. And one of his big um, goals is looking at transportation. And he mentioned something as simple as, you know, making it easier to cross Foothill Drive by foot. Mm. And that, you know, just you know, like we mentioned, getting cars off the road. You yeah. know, if, if uh, um, this a little bit bigger picture here, but, you know, we're so reliant on cars and part of that is on us, but also part of that is on how our cities are built. So if we can make cities, you know, just more accessible by foot, by bike, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's just a, a way to um, reduce our emissions. And that starts at the municipal level. And we're seeing some of that, like Daybreak, I think, is an example of, of where that's been thought about. And then the point, which is going to be happening at the point of the mountain, I think they've considered that, that everything would be within walking and biking distance that you would need in your daily life. So that kind of stuff moving. And you have enough of those little pieces together and it, it really adds up to something. We're speaking with Eli Davis. He is the communications director for O2 Utah and the website is O2, the number two, Utah.org. You have a report card that you put out and I was looking through that and I noticed that there's, you know, people that did a great job, people that didn't do a great job, but that you also included um, some things like best hair and best shoes and best socks. I thought that was a nice touch to keep it kind of light. We did, you know, like you mentioned, you know, we're not just a bunch of stuffy suits in our <laughs> office, so we, we do like to have fun. Um, but yeah, the legislative uh, report card, it's really an opportunity for for voters, for citizens to know how um, the people who represent them um, view air quality and view um, the environment. So um, what we did, our, um, our policy director, Eliza Cowie, did a great job on this. We reviewed 36 bills uh, related to air quality, water, environment, transportation, um, and we graded all the representatives based on how they voted on those bills. Um, so like you mentioned, we handed out uh, a couple of awards. So our MVPs went to um, Representative Andrew Stoddard and Senator Kirk Colomore, who were the two sponsors of HB 220. Hmm. So obviously, you know, those when, you know, we throw out the word, they champion the bill, but they really did. Like I mentioned before, um, this bill went through a lot of ups and downs. Um, they remained steady. They worked their magic up at the Capitol to get it passed. Um, we also named... Um, Representative Tyler Clancy um, as a rising star. He's, um, I think he's 25 years old down in Provo, um, and he's showing a real appetite to work on climate and on air quality issues. Um, Senator Nate Bluen also, um, he knocked off an incumbent during his election. um, So he's doing a great job up at the Capitol. And I like that you call that the step forward. So he actually replaced Slady and he's he's more in line with your goals. He did. Exactly. Yeah. But but that also includes the step back. The step back. Um, Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Representative Quinn Cotter, um, you know, he graded very poorly for us um, on the report card, and he um, has a seat um, from Representative Liz Waite, who um, did very well mm. voting on climate issues in the past. And then you have the MVP, which is not what most people think of. It's the most valuable polluter, um, and that was Ken Ivory, for, and he's a pretty popular politician. He is, um, but you know, unfortunately, like Representative Quinn Cotter, um, you know, he has a track record of, of you know voting for bills you know that are help coal and, and industry and and just things that are really terrible for air quality and the environment. I think if you ask anybody of any political persuasion, are you for clean air in Utah? Of course they're going to say yes. So where does the sticking point come? I would imagine it has something to do with money. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) Money and industry. And that's what we saw with HB 220. So I mentioned there was a lot of pushback on that. And that wasn't because, you know, they don't want clean air, these politicians who were pushing against it. It's because they didn't want to set the precedent of having the state set standards on what industry and 
medium businesses can do. And you know, a lot of these politicians are working with um, working with folks from industry, or they work in industry themselves. They work with lobbyists who are backed by industry. So a lot of it, you know, is money, and of course, it's politics. Yeah, it is yeah. politics. <laughs> so it's not so much anti-clean air; it's more anti-regulation is kind exactly. of their stance. And we should mention: best hair went to Representative Joel Briscoe, best shoe Stephanie Pitcher, and best sock game, which uh, those are some good socks, Andrew Stoddard. So those are some nice awards as well. They are, yeah. You know, we have to have fun while we're doing it. So. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about it, but what the, what can individuals do? I mean, you can drive less. Um, update your furnace, your water heater. What what are the little things like that that individuals can do to contribute to the better air? Sure. I mean, all those little things are great. You know, um, anything you can do to to lower your carbon footprint and your emissions is huge. Um, and obviously, you know, we encourage everyone to to get involved with us to to come to these events. Um, you know, if you are already an active voting citizen, I challenge you to to take that next step. Write your representative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now is really a great time of year to write them. A a lot of people are hyper-focused during the legislative session, but that's when your legislators are the busiest as right, well. Yeah. Um, the um, window is already open um, and le- our representatives are filing bills for next year's session. So now is a great time to reach out to them. You know, a, a lot of people don't know, I didn't know this before I started with OTU Utah, is our representatives are part-time at the Capitol. Oh, right, yeah. They have other jobs. So yeah. it's hard, it's, it's impossible for us to expect for them to be experts on all these different things that we care about, but they really want to hear it from their constituents and it's their job to represent their constituents at the Capitol. So if you write them an email, they're, they're going to respond. They want to be hearing from you. And now, you know, they have a little bit more time as opposed to during right. the session when they're up there at the Capitol and voting on bills. Um, and if you aren't registered to vote, now's a great time to do that too. So, you know, whatever you are doing, um, you know, from a political standpoint, now I just challenge you to, to take that next step, write your representative, come canvas with us, you know, um, take a look at our events page, keep an eye on that. We'll be out canvassing for the municipal elections. We're knocking on doors. We'll phone banking. Um, and that's, a you know, all that big change that we're talking about that happens now during the campaigns. And then we see the results gotcha. during the session. That's great information. What other organizations do you partner with? Because you're hyper-focused on the air. And I love nonprofits that have a very specific focus. And, and you do. It's just clean air in Utah. But a lot of other things go into that. And water is a big issue right now in the state. What other organizations do you partner with? And do you partner with other yeah. organizations? Yeah. Um, you know, we hold events with a lot of other environmental groups. Um, obviously, you know, you mentioned the Salt Lake, um, Great Salt Lake Collaborative, I think is one, or um, Great Salt Lake News, um, you know, and that's kind of linked, I think, when people think of the main issue in Utah, rightfully so, they think of the lake. Um, but obviously, we know as the lake is drying up, you know, we're getting a lot of those toxic dust beds exposed yeah. and sweeping into the air. So those issues, you know, are are one and the same. Um, we work, um, we do some events with Heal Utah, which is another great organization, um, you know, and, you know, to come back to, to Utah and toot our own horn, our own horn um, some more here and a little bit about what sets us apart and why we're unique is um, we're actually set up as a 501c4 um, as opposed to a lot of these organizations that are a c3 right what's the difference the c4 um, element allows us to participate in elections the way we do so um, 501c3s cannot legally endorse candidates oh okay Um, so that really um, you know going back to why why and and um, you know why we started is to get involved in that election so that's a that's a big 
part of us. So we're able to donate directly to campaigns. Um, we have a pack as well. And we're mm-hmm. actually one of the um, the largest uh, progressive pack and, and donors in the state. Um, another something, another thing we're, we're yeah, really proud that's, of. That's important because a lot of those other environmental groups are 501c3s. And so they can they can fight for their cause, but can't take it quite as far exactly, as your yep. organization can. So in a, in a sense, you probably are doing that on behalf of a lot of these other organizations as well. Yep, for sure. So you talked about, of course, monetary donations are the number one thing that nonprofits want and need. And you talked about, uh, you know, people being interested in monthly donors, regular donors that donate quarterly or monthly. Um, and that all adds up. But it sounds like there's a lot of other ways to help, a lot of volunteering opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I mentioned before, come in, you know, be a volunteer, whether that means, again, canvassing with us, coming to our phone banking or just showing up to, to one of these events. You know, we'd love to, um, you know, help you become a more active citizen, you know, and we're really here as a resource for voters and, and citizens out there, along with, um, you know, politicians um, who we work with day to day as well. Um, you know, email us with any questions. Hello at otuutah.org. Mm. If we don't know the answer, you know, we'd be happy to to do some research for you. That's a big part of what we do as well. Um, you know, we're just, you know, there to be a resource, to be a community organization, um, help people, you know, become more active citizens and do anything, help them do anything that, you know, we can do collectively to, to clean our air. What about in-kind donations? Are there things that you can use? Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I mentioned, we have that, um, you know, the drawing coming up for some mm. of our, for some of our uh, events. Um, you know, if there's some anyone prizes. out there. Yeah. Prizes, swag, you know, anything we'll take. Um, we just got um, a bunch of great framed photos, air quality related into the office that we're going to um, be able to use um, to bring some money in. Are there any other things though that you could use on an ongoing basis? Uh, event space is, huh. an, is another big one. Um, so um, Patagonia is a great partner of ours. Um, we receive um, a lot of grants from them. Um, Alpha Coffee is another great um, uh, supporter of ours and they've offered their space in the past before. So then sounds like the next legislative session is already really kind of underway. What are your goals for this next year and then what are your goals beyond that? Yeah, uh, so we are continuing on this Prosperity 2030 mission. So really everything we're doing is with the eye of reducing emissions um, along the Wasatch Front. So, um, you know, like I mentioned before, we're going after transportation. We're trying to get these older, dirty vehicles off the road, trying to get newer vehicles, whether it be electric, hybrid, just anything, you know, that is emitting less pollution. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, homes and buildings as well. The the technology is there to one, uh, you know, build, do the actual construction in a smarter, greener way, right. and then to, you know, then install them to be um, either zero emissions or lower emissions. In 2030, is that the year that you're hoping you'll complete all these goals or have them in, at least in place? Yeah, I mean, we're hoping to see that 50% reduction mm-hmm. by then. Um, you know, we'll see where we are. We're constantly assessing. We're constantly, you know, um, looking at how we are going about our legislative process, you know, and we're learning every year. You yeah. know, this past session was our first year with our own bills and our own legislation, and like I mentioned at the top, we learned a lot from that. We came yeah. in with this huge 60-page bill, quickly learned we needed to pare that down. Yeah. So we're coming into the 2024 session with a lot of smaller yeah, bills that makes and sense. seeing what we can tick off Learning as you way. go. Exactly. So in a perfect world, in 2030, you would disband. <laughs> I, I doubt that's going to happen, I don't but think that, that would will be the highest possible goal. I'm sure there will be something to do in yeah, 2031. Absolutely. We've been talking with Communications Director Eli Davis. The organization is O2Utah, the website with all the info is o2utah.org. Thank you so much for your time and what you're doing in the community. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest,
guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com. 